0: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Mark Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And welcome to it.
3: I am Mark Flalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Please follow along with us online and all our social media is at Your Tech Report. Thank you for being here, Mitchell Whitfield. It's nice to have you in your cozy
4: confines of your Los Angeles isolated home. <laughs> you know, I was going <laughs> to say something about that. This it's is okay. this is one of the advantages of, you know, having a working on other sides of the world, other sides of the country in our own studios that we don't have to be near each other but I like being near you, even with fear of catching something, I still like being I around you. I promise not
3: to give you anything, I promise. You know, I've here, heard that. here's the funny thing, and it's not funny because obviously the, what's going on in the world right no, nothing now nothing funny about this. Yeah, what's going on is not funny, but uh, it, it emphasizes the importance of certain things in life and <clears> certain <throat> things such as, you know, audio entertainment, you know, when people are in situations where, you know, they're stuck in a home because whether they're self-isolating or if they are sick, you know, in the hospital, for whatever it might be, thanks to things like television, thanks to things like movies, thanks to things like the entertainment industry and shows like this, we're able to kind of help disseminate the news um, to the people who want to hear it, and also hopefully entertain people along the way and inform them and keep them and keep them in the you know top of mind. You know, SiriusXM as a whole. I mean, there's you know so many resources that as Doctor Radio people can tune into to get all the all the facts, the proper facts that you need to have out there, the and the ways you can kind of protect yourself. So I'm happy that we're able to do this, even though we you know we might be doing it from our home, and um, given you know given the opportunity.
4: Yeah, it's, it's in the, again, the <clears throat> again, these are scary times. Uh, they, we will get past this. We talk about this a lot, but it's, uh, you know, doing our due diligence now and keeping people informed at the same time. And listen, it, this this is having, you know, keeping it back, getting it back to our show a little bit. This is having a huge, you know, effect on not just the tech industry, but every industry. Yeah. We're hearing of, you know, shutdowns in sports, you know, there are, our favorite sports are now, you know, on these uh, shutdowns now, and, you know, indefinite suspensions of seasons and, you know, people worried about, you know, food and stores, you know, it, it, you know, it gets, it can be a little scary. So hopefully we're here yeah. to distract you a little bit to keep you calm, keep you centered, bring you some information, so uh, the world out there isn't necessarily such a scary place. It
3: reminds me of movies and TV shows where they always say, "Oh, we're not going to tell anybody about anything because we don't want them to run in the streets in a panic." And I think that's what we're we're kind of getting to the point of it. People yeah. are panicking a little bit, but uh, that's why I say, kind of keep yourself informed. You know, at the end of the day, uh, if you're within a certain age group, if you're you know over the age of three years old and under the age of of you know even you know seventy years old, you know even if you do get it, it's a flu. It's a bad flu, but it's a yeah. flu. And if you yeah. take care of yourself and you, you make sure not to give that to your friends and family, then uh, then you will get through it just like everybody else.
0: Yep. Everybody else yep.
3: hopefully will. Um, in terms of events that are, are canceled, I mean, right now, because of everything, especially in the California side of things, we saw the cancellation of E3, the biggest video game you know convention in, in, in the world, and people wondering how we're going to see these unveils. Obviously, Sony has done the live stream events for the past couple of years, the creepy ones. Um, but we're wondering how we're going to see <laughs> Microsoft, you know, talk more about that new Xbox that's going to be coming up because we were hoping to get hands-on.
4: Well, you know, Phil Spam, by the way, let me just be clear, Gamescom in, you know, Gamescom in uh, Cologne, Germany, I think officially is the largest gaming show in the world, but E3 is the biggest one in North America and the one that's the most important to us because it's the closest to us. I just wanted to clear that up because I know we're going to get emails about how Gamescom is much bigger, so you're, yes, you're correct. Uh, we did get a tweet from uh, from Phil Spencer. Uh, head, of, uh, head of the Xbox division, who did say they will be giving a presentation what would have been their E3 presentation in their new format. They're gonna, there's going to be a digital version of their presentation. People stay tuned. It has not been announced yet officially. We do not know exactly when that will take place. But you know, Microsoft has been great at streaming events, even though it's not their only form of communication, like so, like uh, well, like Nintendo has chosen to do over the last several years, right? Yeah. But it's still they, they've become very good at these presentations, these special events. So look forward to that, or you know, keep an eye out for that. That will be announced, and we will get the information to you as soon as we get that official information.
3: You know, speaking of Microsoft, I forgot. To tease what's coming up on this week's show because we do yes. have a really, a really good show lined up for you guys. We're going to be speaking to Jay Bromit, who's the head of the Modern Workplace at Microsoft Canada. We're going to be talking to him because Microsoft recently announced that some of their tools, their online tools that help people work remotely um, are going to be made available You know, for an indefinite period of time for free. If you already have a license, you can add more licenses at no cost so that we can enable ourselves to work from remote locations at home if you need to, whether it's isolation or something. Companies are just shutting down for their own security purposes. So We're going to be talking to Jay Bromet, which is really, really cool. Plus, we're going to be talking to a very cool company called Crucial, who make really awesome memory and storage for your computer builds. I love No matter Crucial. what it is. And his name is Ryan <laughs> Jacobson. So all that is coming up this week on the show. Um, you know, WWDC is the one event, Mitchell, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, that, you know what, when it comes to Apple... They are unpredictable in most cases in terms of what's going to be released, when it's going to be released, Uh, except for this, except for the Worldwide Developers Conference. We always know the first week of June, we're going to see what's new in in store for us in terms of the software at Apple. And this is one of these events that they have yet to announce a cancellation of, but it is imminent because, you know, the state of California and the Santa Clarita, that whole area is basically saying that you need to not have any kind of gatherings. So it's kind of sad.
4: Not not just that, Mark, but we also heard, and again, these are mostly rumors, but I think some of these have been confirmed now, um, <clears throat> Apple was to have... An event this month to talk yeah. about what they called either the iPhone Nine or the Five SE, uh, their lower-priced iPhone that you know that is built similarly to the the bordered iPhone Eight line of phones and the the, the phones before those that had the big chin and the big forehead. Uh, that event has been canceled because number one, uh, of course, the coronavirus it greatly affects the production of their of their manufacturing in China, which is where most of Apple's manufacturing is done at Foxconn and other places. Yeah. The other reason is from what we're hearing. Hearing is Tim Cook did not want people gathering en masse at the Steve Jobs Theater for a, for an event right now, which is totally understandable. Yeah. And that number's been fluctuating around in some places in California. Anything that you know has a, can hold more than a thousand people, they're not allowed to do. I know places in Canada, 250, 250 people is the limit right now. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. A little bit disappointing, of course, but again, big picture—big big picture. Everyone's health and safety obviously supersedes our want to see a new product or hear about a new Apple product.
3: I, you know what? I, you know what? I think when it comes to a company like Apple, I think that they've—they've they've kind of, you know, they've—they've. They've Perfected the live stream of, of an event. And quite honestly, we know that at most of these events, the, the first several rows are, are, are covered with Apple employees who are clapping and loudly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, they, there may be an opportunity for us to see some of these products be unveiled in some way, shape, or form.
4: Well, of course, but that that's assuming that part one of what I said actually, uh, it, you know, comes to fruition, which is, you know, are these, you know, part of being able to present a product is knowing that there's going to be an imminent release, right? Especially if they're announcing a product that is due to be released the next week, as it is with most of their iPhone products and their, you know, iPod, I mean, iPads. So... If there is no product that's actually manufactured with enough time to get it out in a timely manner, they're not going to be talking about it. No. Even if it's even if it's a digital presentation, they have to have a product to sell. They don't want to say, "And hey, we want to share with you our new iPhone or new iPad that'll be out sometime, maybe, sometime? maybe this year." Well, let alone the fact so, that yeah. want
3: you know, we have no idea what's going to happen in terms of retail stores and exactly. deliveries. And but you know yep. what? There there was a report uh, this morning that Foxconn is actually back to full operations. Which is great. Um, Which is great. So we at least have uh, that going for us. You know what, Mitch? Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk to, uh, as I said, we have Jay Brahma coming up from Microsoft. We're going to talk to him. Plus, we're going to talk to uh, Ryan over at Crucial. And uh, you know, stick around. It's going to be a great show. It is Your Tech Report. Follow along. All our social media is at Your Tech Report. And we'll be back in just a moment.
0: There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now back to
3: your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Thank you guys for being here. Of course, you could follow along on all our social media, which is at Your Tech Report. Mitchell, of course, as we you know, I've talked about at the top of the show, and I don't think anybody can avoid this topic, which is obviously uh, the coronavirus and the fact that you know a yes. lot of people are encouraging anybody, whether you have symptoms or even some places, or no, whether you have symptoms or not, to work from home if you can to avoid the spread. Um, in Montreal, they just announced that, you know, any events over 250 people should not happen. Um, we're doing whatever we can to try and slow the spread of this. And and one of the companies that are offering tools out there and have a tool set to make and help people work remotely is Microsoft.
4: And you know what? It's a good opportunity. I mean, obviously, the, the, the circumstances are not great right now, but it's still a great opportunity to talk about a piece of software. Software Suite that we've known and loved for quite some time, and I think when people think of technology and tech shows, especially, they're thinking about hardware and gadgets. But you know what? Software is what is what stirs the drink. And this is this is a, this is a product that we've loved, and is probably one of the more important products. I don't know, maybe the last decade. It's really a great opportunity to talk about 365. I love that.
3: Um, so here to join us is Jay Bromet, who is the Modern Workplace Lead for Microsoft Canada. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today?
2: I'm fabulous. Thanks so much for inviting me.
3: Jay, obviously, we want to dive into the products and everything that you do at Microsoft. Before we really get into the hardcore details of that, what is it that Microsoft is offering to businesses right now as kind of this courtesy and this to help people work
2: remotely? Yeah, so I think uh, first and foremost off the top, which is our primary concern, obviously, is uh, that of our uh, the well-being of our employees. Um, but very closely followed behind that is ensuring that we're doing all that we can to support our customers. Uh, Both certainly, obviously, as they prepare for, but obviously uh, adapt to, I'll say, uh, the implications of coronavirus. And so uh, one of the first things that we've uh, been focused on is really empowering every organization to have access to Microsoft Teams. Uh, And many customers do have that today. Uh, But for those organizations that don't, uh, whether they be uh, companies or whether they be education institutions, uh, is making Teams available to as many people as possible because uh, we believe that we can help support both public health uh, as well as safety for those organizations and those employees in this uh, in this new world that we're all living in.
3: Now, for those people who are listening that are not familiar with Teams, I can't imagine there's more than maybe
2: one out there. Um, can you can you can, <laughs> can you dive into some of the tools that are available to them then? Yeah, for sure. So it made me think about it uh, on two dimensions, which is we think about it, obviously, as Office 365 is this just great, I'll call it, universal toolkit that can enable organizations and individuals um, to to do amazing things. And I think a big piece of this is about creativity. It's about connectedness. It's about inclusivity. Um, Teams is what I'll call one of the newest, I'll call it, services. We're about to come up on the three-year birthday, I'll say, of Teams which is really this uh, what we think about as a hub for teamwork and and one of the analogies i often use is if you think about what windows did for dos which was creating this sort of user interface that people could interact with computing and computing power and making it uh, accessible to many we really think about teams as sort of that framework or that canvas that enables uh, individuals and companies to access all the cloud i'll call it apps that may be out there whether they be uh, first party from microsoft or third party from the ecosystem To just be able to work in this, I'll call it flow, and the idea being is one single place where you can go to get your work done uh, and do and be your very best. and it's, It's become a really powerful, I'll say, addition to the suite.
3: That that's actually the, one of the best definitions I've ever heard of because I am a I'm a big fan of Teams. I've been using it, and I think it probably in the beta form before it was in the full kind of release cycle. And I've been loving it. I've been promoting it to a lot of people, but I think I'm going to have to steal your definition <laughs> because it was so <laughs> no because it was so it was so eloquently it was so eloquently placed, and it was just it just makes so so much sense. And Mitchell, for you know you know people who are not again not familiar with it, it really is this great hub that does you know centralize your workflow. I use it. I in place of my calendar in most cases you know because everything really is there plus the whole communication with everybody else who's around
4: no, absolutely. And, yeah. I, and I have used it, Mark. And I, and I think, you know, this, it, you know, obviously because of coronavirus and, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of things now, we're, we're hearing a lot of closures and people staying home. And we touched on this at the beginning of the interview, but bigger picture, because this will this will go away, folks. Everyone that's listening, this scare will go away. Everything will die down. The virus will cease to be an issue after a period of time. And when it, when all is said and done, still having that flexibility, because it seems like the modern workplace has shifted and working from home and being able to access from anywhere is the new way of working. The office model is not as traditional as it always was. So having a product this flexible that allows people to connect, not just when they have to stay home, but when they want to stay home, that's kind of a huge step forward in the way work is being done.
2: Yeah, I think one of the pieces I think you're spot on, which is uh, I'll say certainly not the circumstances anyone wishes for and I 100% agree, which is... um, Remote work is not a new concept. I think this is an ch- opportunity for us to all collectively think differently about it. Uh, and really, how do we enable people with tools and technologies that enable them to be productive no matter where they are, and frankly, no matter what device they're on. Uh, and again, obviously, it, it is enabling, obviously, uh, companies to respond given the circumstances that we're in. Uh, but it's really a concept that one w- we've certainly thought a lot about at Microsoft um, that is certainly not new, but I think it's a great opportunity for companies in many ways to rethink their strategies. Uh, and make sure that they've got the infrastructure and programs and, and tools obviously in place to enable their people to be their best.
3: Jay, how do you differentiate um, Office 365 from Microsoft 365? Is there a difference? Is it, How do you, how you kind of clarify that one?
2: Yeah, so great question. Um, and so what I would say is uh, the easiest way to think about it is Office 365 actually lives uh, and can be found within Microsoft 365. Uh, we think about Microsoft 365 as I'll call it the world's productivity cloud. Uh, that brings together all of the collaboration, and I'll call it content creation and creativity apps that you would think about inside Office 365, uh, alongside obviously all the cloud-connected, I'll call it services, things like Teams as a great example. Uh, But it extends and brings together the Windows experience and uh, the mobility and security attributes that we would think about. And so if you think about a device, whether it be a phone or a PC, Uh, Being able to be connected and having that full experience in one place, that's really what Microsoft 365 is. And then Office 365 is a subset of it um, that customers can choose.
3: Yeah, no. I, I'm listen. I am a customer, and and one of the things I dream of, quite honestly, is this this future of real, of real unified communications. You know, the ability mm-hmm. to really be able to tie in whether it be your phone and your email and your calendar, and really, I, I see that the vision is really coming together when it comes to what you guys are doing. And I'm obviously guessing that's intentional, right?
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: And and again, like I, I'll maybe speak a little bit for myself, but it's certainly the way that we think about it, which is having access, no matter where you are, to the things that are most important for you, so certainly in the context of work, is, is the new reality and, frankly, the new norm that employees often uh, expect of their employers and their companies. Uh, Teams enables that, uh, but I think the other piece in it is Teams enables uh, a broad set of capabilities all in a single, I'll call it, interface. And so this idea of flow that I talked about as a user, this this idea of having to jump across multiple applications to accomplish common tasks isn't really a great experience. And so by uh, in designing teams, we really thought about that hub and that canvas through which all of those attributes or those services can be combined and consumed uh, to create a great user
4: experience. You know, you talk about user experience, and one of the things I think about is the support That Office 365 has from Microsoft. You know, there's a lot of software out there that once you buy it, you're kind of on your own. You know, you'll get an update occasionally. You hope for the best. You hope the next version works with your next version of whatever computer that you get. But the thing I love about 365 is whenever I turn my computer and I see that auto update come on, I see all the new features, all the new product updates that you guys are doing. How hard is it, by the way, with so many? pieces of software that are part of that suite to decide who gets the treatment and when, because I feel like I'm getting updates all the time. You guys are great about that.
2: Yeah. So in many cases, uh, you can think about it on two perspectives. So we make it broadly available. Obviously, uh, there are individuals, I'll say, in the community at large that are, I'll say, more technically inclined. And so we make available beta um, versions of the software. So folks that want to be able to test and or experience the latest and greatest, they can sign up for those. Um, And so you can think about it as a user-controlled experience, or you can think about it as an organizational-controlled experience, where we create tools that enable uh, IT administrators, as an example, um, to define when those uh, updates are released into their employee base. And again, sometimes it's about end-user training. Uh, There's obviously, I'll say, security policies that may be contemplated. um, But we really try to find a great balance of those two. Uh, but frankly, we're, we're almost shipping updates every 30 days right now um, for one reason or, or for one opportunity or another. And so it, it's really amazing how fast the innovation's coming into the product. Uh, and the nice thing uh, in behind that is, uh, as Microsoft, we receive so many uh, uh, anonymous signals back from the software and from the services. And so we learn uh, how people like to use them. Uh, and what's kind of been really interesting over the last little while, which is how we then can take it and use uh, artificial intelligence and infuse that into the products to actually help people do more uh, and be more productive and create uh, greater experiences. And so it's a really interesting innovation process that we've got um, that's uh, that's been really well received from customers.
4: You know, I'm I'm glad that you touched on AI, Jay, because it's such a big Mm -hmm. deal. I think when people think about AI, a lot of the – maybe just the average consumer thinks about a robot that's going to take over our lives or thinks about Terminator and the long-term negative effects. But when you talk about AI, especially when you talk about software, it isn't just about robotic automation. We're talking about software getting smarter. And I think that when people think about innovations in that side, and Microsoft has been leading the way on that side, on the software side forever, uh, people don't really put the emphasis where it should be on the software  – where the innovation really they can see on a daily basis.
2: Yeah, and I think what's really interesting, uh, it's funny that you use the Terminator, because I was going to say, yeah, most people <laughs> think about AI as Terminator. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think the piece that's really amazing about it, so one is uh, so, software can learn, and so we, we can adapt in, and obviously innovate based on how individuals are using the software itself. Um, but it comes back to this, um, I'll call it idea, I'll share which is this notion that says uh, artificial intelligence really is there to amplify human ingenuity. Uh, And so it kind of gets to that learning concept. Um, But it's also about creating really interesting experiences. And so one great example is closed captions inside Teams. And so if you think about it, uh, I'll say as a general user that you may be sitting on a subway, you may have your earphones in, uh, you can't hear the voice for whatever reason, but you can follow along with the transcription live. And if you want to, you can use Translator to make it more inclusive uh, for those that speak different languages. Um, but obviously, those that may have a disability, it also creates an experience where they can be uh, highly participatory in those same environments, and that is all powered by things like artificial intelligence. Uh, and so, it, it not only does learn, I'll say, on core tasks, but it expands the experiences that individuals can have.
3: So, Jay, you're making all my worlds collide right now because I happen to also <laughs> I host a TV show called Double Tap TV on AMI in uh, in Canada. And we speak so often about obviously disabilities and and things like seeing AI and all the innovations you guys are doing. Ricardo Wagner is mm-hmm. a regular guest on the show, so so it really it really speaks to the innovation that you guys are doing. I've got a, I got a couple of interesting things. I want number one. I want to applaud you guys on on the whole subscription model because I remember when Adobe first went to that subscription model and people were up in arms. They were saying, "Oh, I can't believe I'm going to have to pay monthly," and, and then no one really realized. I think some people who really used the software really realized the benefits of getting these updates but when i was trying to explain the benefits on the adobe side of things i immediately you know said look at look at what microsoft is doing in office 365. You know, you used to have to pay for an exchange server in a rack somewhere, in a room. You didn't even understand how it worked. You needed an IT person to set this up. Suddenly, you can go and pay for one mailbox, two mailbox. As you need, you can grow with this Office 365 service that not only are you just getting email hosting, you're getting the full suite. You're getting the updates. You're getting all these things that you didn't realize you can have. Things like Power BI, which is business intelligence, I never thought I'd ever use, and I use it on a daily basis because it was included in my subscription, you know? So... I, that's why I wanted to applaud you guys because you really are setting a great example in the way in which the future is working and, 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 and should be working.
2: Well, first of all, thank you. Um, and uh, I think you've you hit it on a couple of really interesting points and I think uh, subscriptions, which is just creating this great opportunity for uh, flexible. Uh, and so whether that is scaling up, scaling down in terms of the services that an organization or a user may want, uh, scaling up or down based on the number of users um, that uh, an organization has, Uh, But I think one of the most important pieces that you touched on, which is this concept of I'll call it always up to date and always available, uh, which is in most cases, when I have a chance to talk to CEOs or CIOs of our customers, generally speaking, they define themselves by the industry that they're in. And so I'll use a a quick example Uh, with the CEO of a beer company said, listen, or a CIO of a beer company said, listen, at the end of the day, my number one job and what I'm really here to do is ensure that we are producing incredible beer what I don't want to be in the business of is updating servers. <laughs> uh, and you guys, and you are enabling me to do that, right? And so this idea of being able to give uh, organizations and certainly IT departments time back and dollars back to be able to go and innovate to drive the business agenda forward is really what uh, I think is super uh, uh, important in the concept of, i say, subscriptions, but more importantly is also in cloud services more broadly.
4: Well, I, I think also the average consumer these days has been poorly conditioned to the subscription model because I think that the takeaway is, okay, companies are trying to get something from me on a recurring basis and it's going to be charged and I, I don't necessarily want that. And But to me, and we talk about this with many different products, not just software, when you talk about value, it's not a measure of the price of something, it's a measure of what you're getting in return for that money. And I've always said, whenever I tell people about Microsoft, I'm, I'm selling them, I don't really have to sell them that hard, believe me. On Microsoft, you know, Office 365, they say really I can get that for the whole family for what for the yeah and it's it's one of the rare times that you'll hear someone explain a subscription model and get a positive wow I get all of that in return and that kind of reaction and again as Mark said that kind of speaks to you guys and what you're doing and what you know how you fill the suite with so many useful products so yay and thank you
2: yeah
3: thanks okay my last question for you Jay is this um there are companies, and they'll remain nameless, that um, are not very accepting of third-party apps. So you look at a company like Microsoft, and when it comes to Office and Microsoft 365, I'm curious where and why that decision was made to allow and really embrace the use of third-party apps. I think I know the answer, but I think I'll let you, I'll let you get into it.
2: Yeah, so uh, maybe I'll answer it on two dimensions. One, which is we, we want to be where our users are. Um, and recognizing that there are uh, services or apps, uh, however you want to categorize them, that enable individuals to accomplish specific tasks. Uh, We want to be able to create that experience in that environment for them. Uh, And so part of that is really thinking in the context of the user themselves versus perhaps the device that they may be on. And so much of that you can also liken back to uh, when we originally shipped Office for Mac uh, or Office for iPhone or Office apps for Android. Uh, that surprised a lot of people. Like I can remember doing one of my first demos and, and showing OneNote on a, on an iPhone and uh, <laughs> the press that were in the room, kind of their jaws dropped. They're like, did he really just show Office on an iPhone? Um, but we recognize, obviously, that people choose to work in very uh, different ways and different devices, different form factors. We see that category continuing to change. And so it's really about empowering people no matter where they are uh, with the apps and the services that make the most sense for them to be able to accomplish and, again, be their best. Uh, and so there's no reason why we wouldn't do that.
3: Make, makes total sense okay i'm gonna leave with this with this one last question uh we were teased uh, you know almost a year ago at this point i think with with the new surface uh, neo and duo hardware have you had a chance to play with any of those devices yet i'm, I'm really curious we've seen some hands-on on, on, online but i'm curious to see if anybody's had a perspective from
4: inside
2: the company i am anxiously awaiting it as much as you oh god I cannot (laughs) wait. (laughs) I cannot wait. And a
4: very politically correct answer, indeed. I love that.
3: (laughs) Jay Bromit, Modern Workplace Leader at Microsoft Canada. Thank you so much for being here. For you guys out there, if you want to check out anything about this, obviously head on over to Microsoft.com or Office.Microsoft.com. Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mitchell. There's more
0: Your Tech Report after this. Now back to your tech report.
3: We are back. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Flalo. Thank you guys for being here, Mitchell. Um, we talk about a lot of things. We go down into bits and bytes sometimes. Yes. We try, we, it's a consumer show, and we try to talk to people at their level and try to make people understand things in a way that they'll they'll understand things. But sometimes we got to get a little bit technical. But it's fun to get a little bit technical, especially in this upcoming interview.
4: Yeah, and you know, and I think there's big picture stuff here, and there's there, we're talking right now about a very strong and visceral brand association with a certain product. And, you know, we're consumers as well as, you know, press and media and influencers, and you know, we're consumers of products as well, correct? So it, it, this this kind of interview gets me excited because, you know, I like to build my own PCs. Uh, I love all things PC, and I like to build my own. And the first thing that comes to mind, you know, one, one of the most important parts of your rig is your RAM, is your memory, is your storage. And when I think of memory, there's one name really that comes to mind every time I'm doing a build, and that name is crucial. I mean, the same for you, right? It's I'm not crazy when it comes to this.
3: This is actually the reason I reached out to this company and the reason that we're going to be speaking to their global product marketing manager, uh, Ryan Jacobson. Welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited to talk to you all about, believe it or not, memory and storage.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you guys a lot. I appreciate it. You know, it, it, it's fun to
3: sometimes to geek out a little bit on this on the small things and, and Mitchell wasn't lying we, we really do we still build our own PCs and you know if you think back about you know six months when Apple announced that Mac Pro on stage and everybody was like okay well that's a great computer but we're never gonna be able to afford that we actually started to you know it kind of reinvigorated us to to go down the road of building our own pc because there's so many different ways that you can customize pcs especially on the gaming side of things to take advantage of things so can you give us a little history of of crucial and i know obviously the parent company is micron but you know when did you get your start how did the company get a start and and bring us kind of to today
1: yeah absolutely i can definitely speak to, to my start here um on the ballistic side as far as the company goes, I, I believe the you know the product was originally introduced around 2005, um, and it really was uh, you know the start into gaming DRAM for Crucial, uh, you know Micron on the consumer products group, and uh, you know it, we had we had good product there and it made some pretty good waves, um, but it never really got the uh, you know the, the full attention, the full Micron treatment, if you will, and. and um, Really, in the last couple years, we, we've just stepped up our game big time. Um, as far as me coming on board, uh, I've been here just about two years, maybe just over two years. Came on as a contractor um, specifically for the, the Ballistics line, the gaming line. And, uh, man, it's, it's been awesome. Um, you know, we kind of came out of left field with some new products some world records. And, and just recently, you know, redoing the entire portfolio um, under Crucial, the ballistics line so um, a lot of great stuff going on here. We're, we're all super excited.
4: So Ryan, uh, on the consumer side, uh, maybe there are some people that are listening to our show that are not as familiar with the importance of RAM. And I'm kind of smiling as I say this because, you know, when people come to me and they say, well, "What can I do?" Um, you know, I just got this new game, a triple A title, and I don't need it to run at you know 100 and 200 frames per second, but I want the game to run well. And the two things that come up always when it comes to this stuff, they're always graphics, graphics cards, and RAM. But for me the quickest thing for anyone to do, the most affordable and the smartest thing is always to look at the RAM. Do you think that people today, the average consumer still underestimates the importance of having 16 versus eight, 13 versus, you know, uh, 32 versus 16. Do people still underestimate that even today in a day where people are much more familiar with memory?
1: Yeah, I would say, so. I would say so. I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, can tend to be an afterthought. You know, I'm a I'm an avid gamer you always kind of lean towards graphics cards you know that's frames win games right um so right. you you're, you think graphics right off the bat but you know really the the best way I can describe it when you look at uh you know memory and and how it interacts in the whole ecosystem of a custom pc is you've, you've got a motherboard there um and I really look at it almost like the human body if you're if your motherboard is you know say you're Skeletal in your vascular system—you've got the veins to to really pump the blood uh, that makes everything go. And then you look at the uh, the processor as the heart—it's um, it's there uh, to manage everything. But in order for all that to work, you've got to have some lungs on board. And and I really look at DRAM kind of as the lungs, right? So right. it's taking in a big breath of data, um, and whether it be taking in a larger breath, uh, so you know higher densities, or, or breathing faster, higher speeds. Uh, really, a, I think a good way to look at it is, you know, DRAM is, is the lungs of your system, and it's important to be able to pull in that, uh, you know, that oxygen or that data and really feed your CPU, and if you've got everything that's uh, supporting underneath, a good motherboard, uh, by all means, you know, you've, you've got a great, uh, great system to, to get those frames uh, on that uh, monitor for you.
4: You know why I love that answer because not only are we you giving people you know insight into tech, but we're also getting a great biology lesson today. And I love these analogies yeah, because sure. you're right. I mean, but you know what? You're right because it's the easiest way to look at this stuff. And now you know we went from big picture to more specific today. More specifically, how AMD has really, really you know kind of led the charge in terms of CPUs recently. And everyone's talking about AMD. And when it comes to AMD processors, when we're looking at all the new Ryzen processors, they are very affected by RAM speed. Because a lot of people talk about numbers. We talk about we try to you know talk big picture on this show, but when we talk about the numbers, when it comes to RAM, the speed of RAM is important on its own to have a good experience. But when you talk about using in conjunction with an AMD processor, RAM speed becomes much more important, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. You know the the way that that Infinity Fabric is set up and, and the architecture behind it. Um, it's it's really there to to take what is essentially the fastest thing in your in your machine right DRAM as a whole is so extremely fast and uh, just absolutely use it to the to the last iota of what it's capable of so and and uh, you know I, I go back to uh, the world records we just recently set we did that with an AMD processor um, and it was just just for that reason we we really needed something that was uh, had a strong IMC on board. Was capable of leveraging every little bit of our DRAM, and absolutely, AMD is is uh, they're on top of it on the memory game and the interface there.
3: How would you answer the question if someone came up to you and said, you know, what what is more important for me to invest my money in, my storage or my or my RAM?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say it absolutely is is application dependent. You know, if, if there's someone there that's uh, looking to potentially, um, you know, increase some in frame rates, DRAM is going to have a, a better effect on it than, uh, you know, looking at upgrading an SSD. Now, if you're if you're doing a, a bunch of um, maybe photo editing uh, where you're, you're trying to store a lot of stuff and move a lot of data back and forth, um, SSD can, can play a part of that. But so does DRAM, right? You're, again, you're, you're still utilizing those lungs. So um, I, I would say it's application-specific um, and, and where it's impacted. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I know it's a hard one. <laughs> to just application
4: it is, yeah. <laughs> That's right. If they were picking your yeah. favorite child, okay. So uh, let me yeah. let me let me take exactly. this from the exactly right. So let me take this from uh, the minutia of the numbers, which we, we we also do enjoy talking about, to the aesthetic. And by that, I'm talking about the rise of RGB. So we okay, love the sure. fact that there. I know, right? So now, now, we we love the fact that products like you know we used to joke about how routers. No one used to talk about routers, and now it's become a sexy product because. Because you know, your internet is the hub of your home. You know, with smartphones and everything, the internet's become the hub of your home. So when it comes to products like RAM, which back in the day really wasn't a sexy product, but today there's so much focus on performance, and RAM has become one of the sexier products when you're talking about building a rig, but not just in its performance, because it performs in a sexy way, it's gotta look good too. And now with all these rigs being blinged out with RGB components, do you find that are you surprised by the level of attention that's being put on by the Consumer by the aesthetic of their RAM, by how their RAM looks. Do we have RGB lighting in this? Is it can it can it be synced up with our system? Are you surprised by how this has blown up in the last couple of years?
1: I'm excited about it, honestly. I, I um, <clears throat> you know, like I said, I'm an avid system builder. I've been gaming forever, it seems like, and just just to see the the rise of this is absolutely awesome. You know, there was a time <laughs> when I, I would I would say what maybe even. Six years back where kind of the custom PC almost, almost kind of died off in the sense that no one's personalizing their rigs. Uh, consoles had kind of taken over. And man, it, it seems like in the last, you know, four or five years it's just exploded again. Um, you're, you're seeing custom components back in places, you know, like Best Buy and, and some of these, uh, areas where they, they just had kind of gone away. And, you know, that personalization, of something that you're using every day to, to, you know, have some enjoyment or, or play with friends. I think it's awesome. So RGB is definitely uh, for certain people. Some people don't like it. Uh, some people do. We offer it both ways and uh, we definitely want to cater to everybody. But me personally, I, I love it. I, I'm a tinker. I'm, you know, I, I just love it. I, I think it's cool. <laughs>
3: Me too. You know, Ryan, with a title, uh, you know, global product marketing manager, especially in the gaming sector, obviously you must be excited by everything that's going on in esports. Um, how do you how do you leverage that kind of that that blow up around the world to benefit you guys?
1: Yeah, so a lot of collaboration there, um, and the NRG crew. You know, we we've, we've got uh, ties in with uh, Ace and, and Dizzy before he left NRG. Um, we just did a great spot with Micron, with uh, Professor Broman, he was he was on board, um, and really it's telling their story and, and, you know, how our products can really help them drive what they're doing. And even to the point where you're helping people, um, Travis Peacock with Shellback Tech, we've been throwing a lot of product towards him. He's, he's doing great stuff there where, um, you know, we're, we're building systems for disabled veterans, and. Um, you know, ties into eSports and, and custom system building is, is great, and we definitely want to leverage that wherever we can because truly that's your audience, right? You've, you've got a, a maybe a younger audience or even an older, which I guess would be me. You know, I sit down in the evening and every once in a while I'll pull up, uh, you know, Ace's feed on Twitch and just watch, and uh, I love it. Um, it. It truly is the entertainment uh, of the era, so it's great.
4: That's awesome. Ryan, one of the things uh, I wanted to touch on is, you know, we talk about product association. I talked about that at the beginning of the interview. And, you know, when, when for us, when it came to memory, crucial is the first thing that came to mind. I, I also wanted to touch on, you know, you guys do more than just traditional RAM here. We're talking about storage on the whole. And that's an important part of your business as well. Yes?
1: Yeah. Memory and storage experts, right? Um, absolutely. And and that's, that's kind of what sets us apart, at least in gaming specifically is, you know, we're, we're siloed with Micron where, um, you know, we don't have a whole lot of gaming products. We have the two that we're super, super good at, and we just want to just make that the best in the world out there. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Storage, uh, the memory and storage experts for sure.
3: Sorry, I'm going to pick that up. Um, Sorry. My FaceTime rang and it confused the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, where was I going with that? Uh, here we go. Ryan, you know, we here, obviously, uh, on this, we have a couple shows. Obviously, we have the gaming show. We've got your tech report. You know, we create content out there. And I find that in the past, you know, probably two or three years, this term, this people, you know, content creator has blown up. And, and everybody who has a camera these days, you know, and they're pretty much on our phones these days, uh, is creating content. Um, and a lot of people are focusing on obviously having these great, powerful computers to be able to drive the content. Content that they create. How do you leverage that side of things? Because when I when I you know look up crucially, I look at articles and diff- different things that are going on there. We're talking about how designers use memory and storage, and the gamers, et etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Yeah, so that you're you're kind of starting to see a, a really neat breakout from you know what people would pigeonhole a, a gaming product. You know, they it's for gaming. Okay, well, I, I don't need a gaming product. Um, I, I want something that's that's fast and, and reliable and uh, the excitement behind that is we're starting to see that in the content creation uh, and in other areas, too, uh, VR, uh, where, where uh, you know, the application of, air quotes, gaming memory um, is getting put into these machines. Um, maybe they're doing, uh, you know, automobile design or, or maybe some medical imaging, um, even some stuff on the stock market. Uh, it, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's performance at its best, right? So, the cool part about it, I think, is that um, what was once just titled as a gaming product is now branching out just because these things have gotten so fast into just like you said, content creation, um, and all these other uh, areas, um, you know medical imaging, uh, VR for all sorts of stuff it's It's been really neat to watch stuff branch out.
4: Well, the really, coo- the really cool thing about about our world and your product specifically is the upgradability. And I'm, I'm sort of taking this into a place where I'm going to have to ask you and put you on the spot a little bit. This is going to be the roughest part of the whole interview for oh, you. No. Oh, no. So, That'd no, no, it's, it's not going to be too tough. But This is something in <laughs> Ryan's wheelhouse, I promise you. So, uh, again, people ask us questions, and you, there's always been this classic thing, what is the bare minimum I need to have of RAM if I'm building a blank, blank, blank? And, of course, the sure. the question I'm sure that you always answer and that I always answer as well, thing is we have to know the use case we have to know what you're going to be using this pc for and what do you if if you're gaming on it what kind of games do you like to and of course it's all usage dependent correct but again for the average person that may not know for the average consumer says okay you know what i want to dive in or let's say i even built a pre-built pc and the beautiful thing about even buying a pre-built is ram is always you know except for apple thank you very much ram is almost always upgradable so my thing has always been and I'm sure you probably feel the same way Ryan you know you know but get a little more than you'll probably need because you don't know what your needs will be in the future you don't want to have to upgrade every 6 months not financially responsible in today's day and age you know with the way CPUs are running and the way that you know software has become you know more intensive in terms of what it needs what do you think the bare minimum is? Because it used to be back in the days, like you have you have four gigs of RAM, dude, you're loaded. And of course, those days are long yeah. gone. I tend to think sixteen is the bare minimum now, just so you'll be future proofed for at least a while. But can people still get by with, let's say, eight gigs of RAM if they want to start off and 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 have a budget?
1: Yeah, you know, I I always default to sixteen as well, especially yeah. with the hardware today. You know, if you're gonna if you're really gonna try to utilize a dual channel system. Um, you're going to want to go two up. Install in pairs is something that we uh, we always say here. And actually, we actually had some socks made that say "install in pairs" for uh, <laughs> some of the employees. That's um, awesome. So yeah, no. So you know, a two by eight kit is really a great start. Um, me being a system builder and an RGB lover, eh, I, I'm going to fill the slots. Uh, so that <laughs> you way can't I have help maximum RGB. So <laughs> yeah yeah no but i'd I'd say you know sixteen's uh absolutely a great start that's where i'd I'd default right off the bat to sixteen.
3: I'm curious when you're filling the slots how far you're going are you going high as like five hundred and twelve gigs
1: um i don't haven't haven't uh haven't done a system like that yet we do have a <laughs> we do have a thread system at two fifty six floating around here at uh <laughs> um four thousand m p s so yeah. Oh
4: my gosh.
3: Right right, what was your what was your reaction? I'm curious uh, when Apple did announce that Mac Pro and and the amount of memory that can go into a machine like that. That's I I know that they're aiming at like really high-end like production companies that are rendering hours and hours of animation and and, and rotoscoping type stuff, but it, it seems a little crazy, no?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does seem a little crazy, and and uh, I, man, I don't know. To to me, two fifty six is is a massive amount, right? But um, um, again, I'm I'm so gamer centric, um, not so much on the server side. Uh, yeah, no, that, it's pretty mind blowing. Yeah. It's definitely pretty mind blowing.
4: You know what? I, I want to put a little thing out there, and you know, in in, uh, in support of Crucial, and in you know, in the in the spirit of inclusion, because we're you know all about inclusion these days. I want to let people know. People think, of course, of Crucial and the ballistic name of, of you know hardcore PC gaming, but just in general, if you if you are a Mac user, if you're an Apple user, for years Apple has been recommending, if you are doing, if you have a system that does have upgrades, Apple has actually been recommending from the factory Crucial. As its RAM upgrade provider, you know, they're going don't get Crucial. That's what they always tell you online. If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna do something yourself, we recommend that you do Crucial. So, I'm just putting it out there, Ryan, that for people that are app on the Apple or Mac side, Crucial has products for them as well. Correct?
1: Yeah, we do. We we absolutely do. And 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 I think that just goes back to just the the powerhouse that really is Micron and Crucial and the testing behind the product that goes into it. Um, you know, you, you got to have you got to have good product out there. It's got to work. And, and there's so much testing that goes on with, with this product to make it reliable. Um, so, you know, I, I think that speaks real well, especially to the Mac user. Right. They're they're looking for a good high end product and and they're fairly particular. So, uh, you know, Crucial a great fit there.
3: Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's always fun to talk, you know, talk a bit, get a little get a, get a little nerdy here and talk about <laughs> a little bit of the bits and bites um. Thank you for joining us and we can't wait to to invite you back on again to talk about some more stuff down the road.
1: Yeah, absolutely guys. Definitely I'd love to come back and uh, chat you guys up about some gaming and DRAM and whatever you want to talk about. Definitely appreciate it.
3: That is Ryan Jacobson from Crucial. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Flallow. Let's take a quick break and come back and wrap up the show.
0: There's more your tech report after this. Now, back to your
3: tech report. Welcome back. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Flallow. This is your tech report. Thank you for being here. Online, we're at your tech report. Please follow along there. We'll keep you up to date on everything that we know in terms of closures, events that are canceled and all stuff yeah. that are going on. Uh, very special thanks to uh, Jay Graham from Microsoft and course right over there at, uh, at crucial very very fun yes. stuff
4: God,
3: stupid phone mitchell you've been drives me crazy cursing your phone out and yeah guys, this not only during this show but every time i've called mitchell lately he's been cursing his phone specifically <laughs> when you try to call me i don't know what it is, is that they could get more frustration when you're trying to call me what's going on
4: y- you know what okay so earlier in the show we talked about you know you know Apple canceling announcements and the possibility of product delays yeah. and all that stuff. And we, t- we always talk about Apple products and Apple hardware, blah, blah, blah. What about Apple software, okay? More <laughs> specifically, Siri. It is oh, my God, belief yeah. you know what? that You're Siri right. is getting dumber by the freaking day. Okay, Siri is not just not getting smarter. She's regressing to the point where... She's- <laughs> I, I won't and say she's unusable button. because I mean, I mean, exactly, she's going to become this child in her arms, an old man, child, woman. So I, I I've been having this issue with her for now months, where and I get I, I can't I can't pin down Mark exactly which update it was that made this happen, but basically in an effort to make her sound more human. To make the Siri voice sound. Uh, I, mine, mine is, a, uh, I think, American English yes. woman. Okay, you can choose gender, nationality, all that stuff. Yeah, so when I say she, I'm only doing. saying because... Okay, yeah. So I'm just saying she because that happens to be the voice that I have active on mine, right? Yep. I never changed it. And when I try to make a phone call, as and it only happens with certain people, you are one of those people... She questions me when I say I want to do it. And I'm going to give you an example, okay. Right now, so everyone on the air can hear this, can hear the ridiculousness that I'm dealing with. And and here it goes. You ready? I'm ready for this. Call Markiplier mobile. Calling Markiplier mobile. Okay. Now, okay, now is she dialing? Up or, or is no, no? She's dialing. She wasn't asking me to re- to, refer- to you know confirm. That's how she says. Colleague Markaflalo mobile, but instead of making it as a statement, she asks it like a freaking question. Are you calling Markaflalo mobile? Second here, are you making fun of her speech impediment? That's not an impediment. That's a choice. <laughs> that's an that's an auto- ah. Now, now I will show you. I will I will try. And of course, when I do this, my my son's going to call me and say, "Hey, you just called me. What's wrong? Everything okay?" <coughs> now I will try to call my son. She used to do this with my son all the time, but now she doesn't. Now she does his normally. Let me give you an example here. Call Ryan Whitfield's cell.
0: Calling Ryan Whitfield mobile.
4: Okay. It's a statement. Calling Ryan Whitfield mobile. But when so, I call is just you. Me? Is it just me? Call Mark Flalo mobile.
0: Calling Mark Flalo mobile. <laughs> See, it's like. <laughs> it's just
4: me. There are certain, but it isn't just you. There are a couple of people this happens with, but it's very random. And like I said, it used to be with my son as well. But why, all of a sudden, and again, if like you, at first you thought, oh, she wants you to confirm what you're saying. I'm like, no, 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 that's not, she's not asking for confirmation. That's her way of saying, I am now calling that person?
3: Now here's I, crit- who does that? So here's my, my gripe with Siri, okay? The, there was a point in time, okay, here it is, okay? So if you go to settings okay. on the latest version of iOS, okay? Let
4: me go there go with to you. Settings, go, then you. Go settings. Okay, so to everyone, s- take out your iPhone. We're going to go to settings. Go, go ahead. to
3: Siri and search, Okay go no, to siri and search i'm there okay there's an option called my information okay i and, see it and for some reason it always disappears so i'm gonna in my information you could pick a contact card like ideally your own contact card, and that has all your personal information on it, okay? Now, Mm -hmm. in your contact card, you can even look at it if you go into contacts and and obviously find yourself. You have a lot of information you could put about yourself. Um, For example, uh, who your family is, you know, my birthday, my anniversary. Um, Here I'm going to hit edit and make sure that my wife is in here because you can add a relationship, which, of course, disappeared. So here I'm
4: going to add a... a new item on the bottom. Well, um, just so you know, and if anybody else is doing this with us, spouse. well, hopefully you're not doing it in your car. What, Mark, when I hit my information and it said Mitchell Whitfield and I touched that, it just brought me to my contacts.
3: Okay, okay, but hang on a second. That's okay, okay. because you can choose a contact. Right, right. You, to make, you, ideally, yeah. you have your own contact card. Correct, So correct. here, my wife is now in here, okay? And regardless, even though I added my wife here, I go to Siri and I, I, I do this. Call my wife.
0: What is your wife's
3: name? I just told her everything, and she never remembers who my no. wife is. She never remembers nicknames. She doesn't remember anything. This is ugh, so frustrating. So no, frustrating. You no, know, this drives
4: me crazy. Also, if I ask, if you ask Google, now this is this is kind of self-serving. I'll say, Google, who is Mitchell Whitfield? It'll say Mitchell Whitfield is an American actor and voice actor, right? If I ask Siri, who is Mitchell Whitfield? She says, "Oh, he's in your contact. Should I dial him?" Number one, it's me. And number two, it doesn't think outside of your contact list like, let's say, Google or Amazon does. It's really crazy. It is nuts, Mitchell. It is nuts. How dare they Um, not know my film career. How shame on you, Siri, not knowing my films. Thank you guys for being
3: here. I really appreciate you joining us this week on your tech report. Uh, If you want to follow along online, it is at your tech report and all our social media. Lots of fun stuff there as well. All our interviews and our, our shows. Uh, Mitchell, thank you for being here. Thank you to Microsoft and of course Crucial for being on this week's show. Lots of fun stuff coming up. Uh, even though there are no events coming up, products will be released and we will be here to share them with you. I'm
4: okay now, by the way. I'm okay now.
3: No, I know you'll be okay. I'm not okay it's, now. It's I'm all not okay, angry Mitchell. anymore. Yeah, come here. I'm not angry. Come here. Give me your hand.
0: Oh virtual it's hug. It's going to be okay. It's going to no. be okay.
3: That's nice. It's going to be
0: a okay. You've been a tuned creepy. in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us. Contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash report For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com.